Welcome to the second part of the uh, Endurance Asia Awards um, for 2020. Um, so in this uh, in this episode, we're going to be covering the um, the final three awards: the uh, the Female Athlete of the Year, uh, Male Athlete of the Year, and Fundraiser of the Year. Um, so yeah, Rick, do you want to kick us off with some of the uh, some of the honourable mentions for the um, for the female athlete of the year? Yeah, I mean, as always, there's some outstanding performances um, and uh, amazing achievements, and we we talked about a couple of them already. Um, we mentioned the FKT in Japan, um, which is which is is, is really impressive. Um, we talked about Ruth Theresia getting an FKT down in Indonesia. Um, and uh, you know, I think what what she's been doing for the the trail running community in Indonesia is really really noteworthy. Um, and we also talked about um, Nia Cooper up in Hong Kong completing the the Hong Kong Grand Slam, um, uh, the, all the iconic um, trail races up there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just been there's been there's been too many to mention really, and 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 it's quite hard to pick a winner. But we we did try and kind of settle on a final three. Yeah, so we've gone with um, in third place. Um, we've gone with uh, the with Nikki Han once again up in Hong Kong. Um, Nikki is uh, just an unbelievable ultra runner. But with um, with um, the one of the races that we the, the virtual races that that went on this year, uh, although she uh, which was the the Asia Trail Girls virtual um, uh, the vertical challenge. And although she didn't win that, she uh, she logged an Everesting, and I from um, is the first female that we've seen to do an Everesting um, anywhere in Asia Pacific for um, uh, on foot. So that was an incredible performance. And then just recently um, did the Nine Buffaloes, which is the um, the on Lantau doing the Trans Lantau and then Lantau seventy, uh, effectively a hundred miler. Um, uh, just recently so yeah in, in third spot we've gone with uh we've gone with Nikki Han yeah and then uh in second um we, we mentioned in the in the first episode that the Hong Kong 100 went ahead at the start of the year and uh Shang Fuzhou um who won that event um I think is is certainly worthy of of note yeah, and and just in the last few years, she's gone from I think she's like fourth place, third place, and then she's just won the last two years. Um, but yeah, phenomenal runner from uh, from China um, to to win the Hong Kong One Hundred. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, for 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 kind of more stories of amazing female accomplishments, particularly in the trail running scene, like the, you know, Asia Trail Girls is 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 well worth watching and and uh, listen to the podcast. They they feature some fantastic people, including some former guests that we've had on like Veronique here in Singapore. Um, but we felt that, you know, for starting that initiative and for what that's already done in terms of, you know, greater participation and, and, and shining a spotlight on trail running talent around the region, you know, that alone, I think, um, qualifies our, our winner of Female Athlete of the Year, which is, who is Veronica Vadovakova. Um, in addition to starting, you know, what's fast becoming the kind of definitive um, platform for for female trail running in in the region. Uh, she's also knocked off a 
couple of really impressive FKTs and got second place in that Hong Kong 100. Um, so, you know, it, she sort of qualified for this win multiple times over. Yeah, just um, an unbelievable runner. And uh, and then what she does for the community, a, v- a very worthy winner. So with that, we have Veronica Vadivakova. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Veronica, welcome back onto the Endurance Asia podcast and um, and congratulations as, a, as Female Athlete of the Year. Well, thank you so much. I'm super honored. I didn't expect it at all. So I'm really happy to see you again and to be able to speak to both of you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was only uh, recently that we uh, that we spoke, um, and I think everyone in the whole uh, endurance community would um, would completely um, agree with uh, with the selection of you you winning the award. Um, but yeah, you started the year. I think it was pretty much one of the only races that happened this year. But with uh, with like, I think when we you you were on the podcast, you talked about Hong Kong One Hundred as being one of the the best races that you've ever run in your uh, in your life. Yeah, definitely. I think it's still my best race so far. Yeah, and obviously since then there's not been uh, there's not been any races, but you've certainly been keeping your, yourself busy with uh, with launching the Asia Trail Girls. But more recently, you've also um, you've been uh, you've been knocking off some some FKTs. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast that you were like taking down all of the Strava segments across the whole of Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, talk about let us uh, tell us about the the recent FKTs that you've um, that you've been you've been doing in Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, finally after summer, you know the weather got a bit cooler, so uh, I felt like I'm getting stronger again. You know, running faster. It wasn't as exhausting as before. Um, so I I attempted the Lantau 70 FKT. So that was kind of a big goal because the previous record was Lucy Bartholomew and she did a really fast time. Um, so yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to challenge myself again because it's been so many months without anything. And I know there were a lot of challenges going on, but most of the challenges are really about endurance uh, more than speed. So this was a good way to test myself on an actual course uh, with someone who set the bar quite high. Um, and yeah, I managed to beat the beat that time from 2018. So that was a boost for me as well, like boost for my confidence because with no races for so many months, the weather being really hot, like you kind of start doubting yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, what was the time you had to beat? What and uh, and then yeah. Um, so her time was 8:47. So it's a 70k course with like 3,500 elevation. And it's quite challenging because the first part is really hilly. um, And then the last part is quite flat. So you really need to choose the right strategy. But I think what played in my favor was the weather conditions. Really, it was cooler, um, dry. The air was quite dry. So I think it was a great day to attempt. And I managed to finish in 8.23. So I was pretty happy with that result <laughs> yeah that that's amazing that's amazing and um and yeah am I right in thinking like you you took on the Hong Kong trial as well yeah that was actually not even my challenge it was someone else trying to do it and 
I was just running with this person, like we were running in a group and uh, somehow in the end, I managed to get the, that crown as well. <laughs> it's reverse Hong Kong trail, uh, but it wasn't a big plan like, like the previous one uh, where like the bar was really high. I think this um, FKT, it was reverse Hong Kong trail. It was quite doable. And again, the conditions were really good, but of course, again, it made me quite happy because this is the kind of challenge for me. It's not about, you know, being the last one standing. It's more about, um, you know, really running off for like several hours and being the fastest. Like that's kind of my kind of game that I like. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back into it and I'm thinking maybe to do a few more in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose that moves on to, to next year then. I mean, it's, it's, given that this year you'd planned to do the ultra running world series and obviously all of that put paid. So, I mean, it's difficult to plan for 2021, but, but um, yeah, what have you, uh, what have you got in store for the, for the next year? Um, so if the world tour is back on, then I would love to sort of do what I planned to do this year. And I couldn't, um, there is Hong Kong 100, like the virtual one, which actually is part of the tour and they, sort of, it counts into it, even though it's virtual. So I might try, but given my last, given my result in 2020, I think like I cannot replicate it in a virtual race, you know, without checkpoints, without support, um, but I'm still considering. And then there will be also Oxfam Trailwalker, like a virtual one as well. So for now, maybe doing one of these um, and then still hoping that potentially like second half of next year there will be some real races um, because it's very hard to like to go anywhere outside of Hong Kong at this point so we don't know but if things change and should they change then for sure like my plan is uh, to go and do more races outside of outside of Hong Kong. What about more FKTs there's two there's two more iconic Hong Kong trails left. <laughs> yeah I think if things don't change then that will be that those will be next goals for me. I would like to do the Hong Kong trail, like not reverse, but the actual like um, route. And uh, I didn't think about the other two trails because they're quite long and uh, yeah. Well, I was just we'll thinking, <laughs> you must have the you must have the FKT on the Mac. I mean, it probably doesn't because it's not it wasn't self-supported. Um, but yeah, you've got the fastest time on the Mac from the um, unofficial Oxfam Trail Walker from last year, right? I think it's it's just the route is slightly different towards the end. So I think it doesn't count as the Mac because you don't follow all of the sections because last year the, the route was a bit different from before. Uh, so maybe that yeah. doesn't count. Uh, but eventually if there is no races, then I think these FKTs are like good thing to attempt. Um, yeah, and now the season is on here. Like it's the best, uh, there are the best weather conditions out there. So I think in the next few months, like I will try to do a few more, but nothing has been like set in stone yet. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to put anything in stone for next year. Uh
sorry about that I'll, I'll, <laughs> so, there been so many kids in the in the house um veronica we i mean we we talked kind of at length on the last podcast about age of trail girls but just i mean again what, an, what a fantastic initiative what are your what are your plans now of you know since we spoke what are you thinking for 2021 you know you've got you've got the podcast up and running have you confirmed any more challenges uh yeah actually there will be a new challenge in february so we want to do a similar one to the one we did in august um since there is still no no racing and no traveling i think it will be something quite exciting for everyone so another challenge that will be open not only to people in hong kong but to people all over asia so uh we will make an announcement soon like after new year and uh yeah so i i'm currently like working on that so that's the first thing for new year uh the podcast yeah we'll keep on go uh, doing the podcast because i think it's quite a nice way to hear stories um differently than just reading articles uh but apart from the challenge uh nothing planned yet because we we all know like there is not much we can plan so far yeah and yeah i mean the podcast is, is is probably the best way to highlight and 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 celebrate that female talent around the region and we we talked about ruth and and nikki and people on the podcast are there any other female athletes that you'd like to give a particular shout out to for this year um for this year oh there's so many let me think for for a bit like who uh yeah i think ruth she did the fkt in indonesia so she's like staying super active um in hong kong in hong kong there is a lot of strong female runners so there is one uh, who just did the four trails in four days kimi a local yeah. girl so i think uh, that's quite an achievement um so definitely her and then for sure like virginie just we would love to have her on the podcast just for like running, run Hong Kong, but also she's going to do the four trails again this year. Um, oh, not this year, 2021. Uh, yeah, there's just so, so much talent in the area. So maybe we did, we couldn't see uh, anyone racing this year, but I think we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, challenge challenges and a lot of FKTs being broken by many females as well. So, uh, yeah, that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have so many more who I would love to have on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. I think uh, there is plenty. I, I'd highly recommend. Uh, we had uh, PS Sim based down here in Singapore, who um, she's uh, she's not only climbed Everest, but she's I think actually just a couple of days ago she ran a 200 kilometer. It's called the Chiok uh, Challenge around uh, around Singapore, and she did it within the the 45 hour time limit and uh yeah she's she's phenomenal as well we'd love to yeah recommend getting her on as well but okay no, Veronica, yeah, if you have any recommendations yeah yeah for sure and um i know you said it's the middle of the the running season in hong kong we're keeping you from the trails you've got a ferry to get out to lantau to go and uh to go and hit the hills so um congratulations once again on a, on a phenomenal year for everything you've done for the for the endurance community but also your your performances as well i think you like uh yeah, you've, you've made such a, a contribution, not just with those performances, but, you know, with Asia Trail Girls and, and everything you've done with the challenges there as well. So, yeah, thank you for everything you do for the community. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, my dear. Take care. You too. Have a great day. Uh... Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. 
Okay, so moving on, we've got the Male Athlete of the Year. Um, and um, yeah, do you want to sort of share some of the honourable mentions for this one, Rick? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about a couple of these already, um, unsurprisingly, given what they've achieved. But, um, you know, Chung again, uh, doing not just the Makalho's FKT, but the Hong Kong 360, I think is a, you know, really outstanding uh, set of achievements. Um, he also did, uh, I think, Hong Kong 100. He was top five or so in the beginning of the year as well. Yeah, we talked about, um, you know, Vietnam Mountain Marathon, um, and it was great to see uh, Quang coming back and, and winning that event. Um, you know, David talked about how, how close it was in the end, um, but winning that event and, and winning the trail series over in Vietnam outright is, uh, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a breakout star of that scene. Um, and uh, I mean, I you know I've raced against him. I've been in a race with him. Uh, <laughs> Seen him at the start line. Yeah, at the Vietnam. Saw, saw him at the start line. He'd, he'd gone long, gone home by the time I got to the finish line. But uh, yeah, it was just hours ahead, uh, and a lovely guy as well. Yeah, and um, and another honourable mention has to go to um, to Chang, um, who's a, a Korean uh, with a Spanish accent, and he's lived in Spain for many years. He's got a Spanish wife, but um, kind of a bit of a breakout star for me for this year. Um, he uh, he ran the four trails and was the last uh, person to finish in the um, in the breaking sixty time, um, just absolutely smashing over the uh, uh, Lantau Peak and Sunset Peak to get in under the uh, under the sixty hours. Um, but he he actually had really big plans for this year to do um, uh, lots of races in Europe, um, and so in lieu of that, he went out and I think he was the first person, or um, I don't know, the very first, but to do the nine buffaloes, which was the um, uh, same as Nicky Ham, but he did in the height of summer of the uh, uh, the Lantau seventy and the Trans Lantau routes back to back which just looked absolutely brutal. I can only imagine how hard that was in, uh, in July time. So well worthy of, a, of an honourable mention there. Yeah, I mean, coming on to our, our, our top three, we mentioned Abby already, but in third place, uh, Abby Manu from, from Singapore. Um, we've had him on the podcast before. He was the winner here of the Dead Effing Last Backyard Ultra. And again, although he only did 34 yards, I think um, anyone who's run in Singapore will know just how challenging that is in the heat. Um, and, you know, he looked as fresh as a daisy when he finished. It's just, yeah. uh, just outstanding. So really looking forward to seeing what he goes on to do next year. Yeah, and also his, uh, his Hong Kong four trails, um, to be able to, to do that the third year running um, after, after attempting it three years and, um, and absolutely like smash his, um, his previous times. Um, is really just a, a, an unbelievable runner. And so, yeah, well worthy of third spot. Yeah, and second, um, mentioned him already, but Stephen Redfern, um, just an outstanding athlete from Australia. Uh, Scott, you met him up at Hong Kong Four Trails earlier in the year where he broke 60 on his first attempt. Had he, yeah. I don't know if he'd even recce the course, had he? He had. He flew up to recce it, yeah. So I don't know if he did the entire, uh, entire, um, all the four trails, but he, de- he definitely done a fair bit of it. But yeah, uh, as, you, as you as you heard him say in our in our interview with him in the, in the previous episode, you know, knocked off the four trails, went back, did a miler in a you know the quarantine ultra, then went on and did uh, you know his own garage three hundred and sixty k, and basically hasn't stopped since. Um, he's knocked off a couple of, of iconic FKTs in the Blue Mountains um, and is gearing up for a pretty big 2021. 
Yeah, very um, very worthy um, second spot in the Male Athlete of the Year. Um, I think it's, you know, when we were naming this award, like athlete is, because we're not about elites, we're, um, it, it really is about um, ordinary people, extraordinary feats. We're all athletes, everyone is an athlete, and it's just how much we're willing to sort of push ourselves. This man pushed himself beyond what we believe anyone else, not just in Asia Pacific this, re- this year, but... Um, just a, like absolutely incredible um and for the male athlete of the year we've gone with uh with Mayank Verd um who not only did Everest man but then uh when we talk uh Grant Rawlinson's bold unique goal um he was the first person to ever do the Everest man but then came back to do um an iconic swim in Hong Kong which is the Hong Kong 360 a 45 kilometer swim around the coastline of Hong Kong um but wanted to push it to the next level by include by taking up to a 360 kilometer and including both a a bike of 215 kilometer and then a run of 100 kilometers um his the story of which is just um absolutely incredible the um the amount of adversity that he had to go through to be able to um, to be able to finish that event was amazing. So um, yeah, with that, here's um, here's Mayank Verd. Like the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Mayank, welcome back onto the Endurance Asia podcast, and congratulations, um, Endurance Asia Male Athlete of the Year. So very, very well deserved, sir. Thank you, uh, Scott. Um, uh, I I have no words to <laughs> express um, this. Uh, this was the sort of least expected compared to all the athletes you have uh, been tracking, you have been chatting with, all the athletes existing in Endurance uh, Asia website, podcast, and the people who exist in Asia, right? We've just... We've seen some some amazing events, some amazing athletes doing some crazy stuff this year. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm like super stoked. Wow. Yeah, I mean the the um yeah the people that you that you picked to the uh, to win the award. There was a an illustrious group of uh, of athletes, but I think that the reason that, that you won it were you kind of picked up the essence of uh, of this year i mean there's been no races and so the the idea of coming up with your own challenge or fkts um has been the kind of uh, um the story of 2020 really and uh, the two challenges that you've uh, achieved this year Oh, I mean, in my eyes, some of the two of the toughest things that I've uh, covered or or have ever heard about. I mean, we talked about Everest Man when you came on the podcast. Um, and so I recommend everyone to go back and have a listen to that if they haven't already. But um really keen to hear about the the Hong Kong 360 extreme that you've um, that you achieved just uh, um, just a month or so ago. Um, 360 Extreme, yeah. Um, it, it used to be, uh, or it is called Hong Kong 360 uh, because it's only a swim around Hong Kong Island. And I wanted to do this last year, but I couldn't do it because uh, it was, uh, I had my, my mate who was going to swim with me. We we're going to do this tandem swim. He spoiled his shoulder in one of these long swims. And then we decided to reschedule it to 2020. But then all the other challenges came around 2020. He works in the food and beverage industry. He lost his job in Hong Kong. And then he was uh, 
moved to um, uh, Japan. He got he re- he relocated, um, and then he wanted to come back. And he's a big open water swimmer. You know, we guys we swim a lot. We 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 go to, to South China Sea. We we get questioned by the China Coast Guard of what we are doing in the open water. Just the two of us with swim boys. And he was very disappointed when he could not leave Japan, leave Tokyo, come to Hong Kong to swim. But then I was in touch with the race organizer Shupu, and I told her that uh, would you consider if we changed the format and we added a added a bike and a run after the swim? She she loved it. She's herself a very adventurous personality. She's very much into open water sports. So uh, uh, we agreed that we will make it a not just a Hong Kong 360, but we will make a 360 kilometer. Uh, effort and out of which 45 kilometers would be swimming, but then we will have a, a 215 kilometer bike ride and then a 100 kilometer run, and this will all happen back to back. So that's that's where 360 Extreme was born, and uh, I'm very grateful to Shu. I'm very grateful to my wife Teresa for agreeing to let me do this to train for it, because it basically meant it's going to be a non-stop effort. And I had all friends, you know, like you, you just saw Peter. You met there were many other friends in my in my friend circle within the the, the biking group, the, the running group, uh, the swimming group. They were all going to support me, uh, but we had lots of challenges that came around because of the typhoons that were coming into the South China Sea. There was one leaving, there another two coming, and you know, in Hong Kong, because we have the typhoon signal system, and once the typhoon signal three is raised. Watercrafts are not supported by insurance, so which meant the sea might look calm, but the, because the observatory has announced a typhoon three, I cannot swim because the marine department, marine police is not going to support my swim, and the watercrafts that enter the water are not supported by insurance. So we were just running against time, and then our baby number three was about to arrive in uh, mid uh, mid November, and we were almost sitting in end of October, so. Teresa was telling me, "You better go and get it done because I don't know if once the baby arrives, if you'll have the time to do it." So we we pinned on a date and we decided to go for it. One typhoon had left; another four were on their way to Hong Kong. So we had like a 12-hour window, and uh, I started at 1:25 a.m. in the morning, and we we swam, and I I, I had a lot of challenges in the swim, but. You know, we got it done, and um, it was it was a very, very difficult, very challenging event in every way: organization, health, fitness. Um, I'd even stopped training because I had I had peaked. I, you know, we, we we chatted a little bit before that on WhatsApp, and I told you that you know, I, I I'm I'm dropping. Uh, my my fitness is dropping because I had already peaked about three weeks before the event. So. Uh, it was a challenge in every way, uh, but I was really, really thrilled to get it done. And uh, one week later, our baby arrived, like five wow. days later. Yeah, and uh, so Teresa was the real endurance athlete because she was holding on to the baby in there, and the baby <laughs> was holding on. So yeah, thanks a lot. It, it went great. Ah, uh, it just so so amazing. And I I remember following, and not only the challenge itself but you also raised a phenomenal amount of money for for charity as well do you want to just tell us about some of the fundraising as part of it yeah it was um it was great because i knew it an event this size would attract uh, attention it would attract media attention it would attract the attention of uh, some big corporates who want to make a difference 
Um, Hong Kong is a very generous city. Uh, if we have a good cause, there are lots of people who come forward and support, whether financially or in kind. So I knew I would be able to drive support for, from the community and from the corporates in Hong Kong. But 2020 being a very challenging year, it was quite hard to go and ask for cash, ask for funding. But I got support from Mercedes-Benz. I got support from uh, Record Benkisa, Detol. I got uh, Move Free. I got support from Red Bull. Uh, and a massive amount of community support. So what we did is uh, we decided to uh, assist coaches because I, I experienced it with my kids who were swimming, playing rugby, playing tennis. Classes were getting cancelled. But an important link in this whole COVID and sports situation was the coaches. The coaches were the ones who were really feeling the, the, the impact because the coaches in Hong Kong, probably the same in Singapore, a lot of coaches are relying on bookings which happen day by day. So they get paid because uh, the class takes place or, or the, 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 the student uh, comes, to the, comes to the class. But once the venues in Hong Kong, like swimming pools, um, stadiums, tennis courts, they were shut, these coaches don't get paid. And nobody was really paying a lot of attention to these coaches. Focus was on economy, focus was on COVID patients, focus was on schools and teachers, but not on sports coaches. And I thought this was a great opportunity to raise awareness. So I, I worked together with Outward Bound Hong Kong and Inspiring Hong Kong Sports Foundation. And our target was to raise 360,000 Hong Kong dollars for 360 kilometers during Hong Kong 360 Extreme. Um, I got an amazing amount of support. And to be honest with you, in the last 70 hours when I was suffering out there, we raised almost 35%, 40% of our money because people could relate to that, that suffering. And coaches were coming and meeting me on the course where I was on the course on the swim or the run or the bike. And they were coming and congratulating me, shaking hands with me, taking photos with me. So, and we, wherever we were running in Hong Kong, we were being called as, you know, People were stopping their cars and screaming at us and saying, hey, you are 360, right? So the kind, of, um, the kind of community engagement and support we got, we were confident we'll raise the funds. So we crossed, the lim we crossed our threshold. We, crossed, we reached uh, 385 in the end. Wow. $385,000. Yeah, it was a very successful uh, fundraising event as well. Yeah. And, and my, I mean, just as the only person who's, who's done both of these crazy challenges and you've done them both in the same year, how, how did the two compare? Uh, they both are very different, Rick. Um, Everesting is uh, is really about uh, you know either the biking or the running and sort of staying in that zone two and trying to manage yourself. The swim in the Everest Man is not a big deal because it's a nine k swim. You can get around it, but it's for you, it's not a big deal for you, Mayank. <laughs> I, 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 I think for a lot of athletes, nine k, even if it's even if you're even if an athlete is a really slow swimmer, within four or five hours, you can get it done. It's not a big deal. It's probably the most enjoyable part of the whole journey, like in any triathlon. But it's more the the biking and then the transition from biking to running, which is like a zone to stay in that moment, don't get excited. But on in in Hong Kong three sixty extreme. The swim is, even if you want to stay in a zone two, you can't because you're, you're fighting against the tides, you're fighting against currents, you are pushing, you're certainly being told to push harder because you're certainly going from zone two to zone four to zone five, and then you're backing off. So it turns into a sprint 
uh, a, a long distance ultra marathon full of sections of sprints. And it, it really eats into your energy uh, levels. And then it's not over because if the swim punches, doesn't punch a big enough hole into you, then comes the bike and the run, which really destroys you. So I think they both are quite different. Uh, Everest man is uh, zone two, but uh, 360 extreme is, is an unknown, uh, ambiguous event because you don't know at what stage you would have to actually get out of zone two and push into a zone four. Yeah. And then add into that all the logistics side of it as well. And, uh, and you had, um, you had some, some troubles with, uh, with, with stomach bugs as well. Um, and yeah, so that, that hit you during the ride, I understand. Yeah, I had a, so I started off, uh, a week before my swim start when we knew we have to go into the water because otherwise the typhoons are going to overtake or the water's going to get much colder for me. I, I'm not a super buoyant body, so I would get cold in Hong Kong waters. So we had to try and go into the water before December, before end of November, because then it drops to 19, 18 degrees. It's too cold for me. But one week before I was out with my boys uh, stand up paddling and I had an accident. I, uh, I managed to, uh, you know, cut my left foot with, with a barnacle, with multiple barnacles. So I was in the hospital a week before, exactly on Halloween. Uh, and I exited the hospital with six stitches on my foot uh, and doctor telling me I should not enter the water because uh, I would infect my foot and I can lose my foot. And basically the whole uh, medical conservative drama, right? And I, I, I know my body. I, I knew it. If I rested for six days, I'll get better. My, my, if, even if my foot doesn't heal, but the inner skin would heal and I'll be able to take it through. So that together with the bug I picked up in the, in the swim was a big challenge on the bike and the run because my left foot was constantly in pain, especially on the run for 100 kilometers. The six stitches were um, just sort of, I could see, I could feel my skin expand and retract and expand and retract. And in the end, the, the stitches had literally like, the dug holes in my skin and they were like long slits all around my foot. So, I mean, it was, it was just a massive challenge in every way. Um, I, I learned, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I learned about, I can go, I can swim for 18 hours in cold water. I can swim through challenges. I can swim and run and bike with, with injuries and I can endure and I can go sleepless for 70 hours. So, I can build my character, you know, I can build myself into um, uh, a, a sport that would need me to, let's say, stay awake for 70 hours. So I, these are some of my personal learnings, but those were the things I was constantly thinking during the event that if I can get it done, I'm building myself to something else. Um, and I think that was that together with a lot of support from my friends and family got me through. Wow. And so with that, you're, you're building yourself to something else. I mean, you've, uh, you've now this scar tissue you, you've, uh, and you've built over both in your foot and metaphorically, what on earth are you going to be able to take on next that's going to be able to push you anywhere near to the Hong Kong 360 Extreme or Everest Man for that, for that matter? What have you got planned for 2021? Um, and I'm, I hope your wife isn't listening because she's probably saying, you're going to spend a year looking after our newborn baby. <laughs> and massive congratulations on that. 
Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, she's she's um, she's she's told me that. Uh, yeah, she knows and she understands. I think she's she's very understanding that way. She knows I I need sport. Um, I need I need to train. I need to um, work out. That helps me. It helps her too. We both are. We both love sports, and she understands me because she knows how much I care about the the the, the just just the discipline. But um, for me, in terms of building. I know I can. I can now build myself um, mentally. I, I mentally I'm prepared. I'm. I probably need to work harder physically, but mentally I'm prepared for something that can that needs me to go 70, 80, 90 hours, and just keep pushing through. Um, I don't know what it would be, but um, I have. I just yesterday we finalized the plans for 2021. So I'm starting first of January. I'm. Uh, Uh, taking off on 100 half marathons in 100 days so i'll do from 1st of january to 10th of april which is 100 days i'll be doing uh, a half marathon every day for these 100 days um um and that's my next uh, goal it's nothing compared to staying awake for 70 hours but that's a different uh, and what different, kind of routes will you be doing challenge. will you be doing different routes every day and is it going to have elevation in there what's the what's the plan I'll mix it up, Scott. Yeah, I'll mix it up. So I'll try to keep it simple. I'll not try to go, let's say, far away. You know, Hong Kong, right? I wouldn't like to go to, let's say, South Side, just to do it because that means a lot of time. I'll try to keep it very simple. Um, um, I'll probably I'll take like a long lunch break at work, uh, and then I'll take a do a two and a half hour workout on the waterfront. But sometimes I'll get up early in the morning and I'll do it outside my home, which is hilly. Sometimes I'll go maybe with friends and uh, do somewhere else. Maybe after a ride, I'll do a I'll do a long run. So I'll try to keep it as simple and as accessible um, as possible. But I'll mix it up. So I, I won't just do flats and or just hills. So I'll probably do three or four day three days flats and three days hills and then one day sort of rolling hills and a little bit of trails here and there. But I'll try to keep it as simple as I can, so that I'm not feeling the mental fatigue. Yeah, that's going to be tough, Mayank. I mean, look, you can't have any off days, can you? Like a half marathon every day for a hundred days is uh, it's going to be full on. Well, mate, we're going to um, yeah, look forward to to following that and to see what else you get up to in that in 2021. But congratulations on a on a truly inspiring year. I think anyone that's followed you has just. You know, it's really sort of pushed the boundaries of what we think is possible from human endurance. It really is, and and I just love the fact that they're very unique goals as well. They're they're things that haven't been done before. There's a creativity around it, and uh, and that's really what um, makes you completely worthy of the Endurance Asia Male Athlete of the Year. So, um, yeah, excellent work, sir. I'm I'm really honoured. Thank you so much, Scott and Rick. This is super cool, and yeah. Um, I'll keep you posted on how the hundred half marathons are going, and uh, I'll I'll send you some details. And yeah, I think it'll be really exciting. Excellent. Good work, Myang. Thanks very much, sir. Speak the, to you soon. All the best for next year. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Scott. Great speaking to you both. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining 'cause things ain't that bad. And then finally, on to fundraiser or fundraising of the year. Um, obviously, it was a year in which um, lots of people did a lot um, for charity um, and uh, set themselves, you know, previously, 
you know possible challenges um but there were a couple that we really wanted to shout out um and as we said at, at the outset it's something that's really close to our own hearts um in third spot we wanted to just talk about the ufit uh, challenge here in singapore uh, a bit more corporate than some of the others not an individual challenge but in some ways that sort of summed up 2020 the idea of a bit of sort of mass participation event organized virtually uh, but their singapore to santa challenge where they collectively wanted to cover the distance between Singapore and the North Pole, um, and they smashed that by I don't know double, triple what they what they needed to. Um, but it's it, you know it, it, as well as getting a lot of people out for some five ten k runs, uh, it also saw people setting themselves some fairly impressive individual targets. Some people doing round the islands, uh, some people doing uh, you know just uh, there was a couple of guys who went out and cycled nonstop for twenty four hours. Um, and really impressive and, and they raise I think something you know close to 20,000 Singapore dollars yeah it's a very good effort um, and next up we talked about it briefly with um, we, we talked about it with Myank there but um, the uh, the Hong Kong 360 Extreme um, with a raised $385,000 um, Hong Kong dollars in the end um, for a great charity and obviously he, um, Myank shared um uh, sh- shared the details about the, the fundraising for um, for all coaches in in Singapore there, um, but there was really only one winner for for this award. It's really important um, in any sort of look back for 2020 to um, to think about someone that um, that had like a huge impact on the the ultra endurance community. Um, both from like a, as a as a race director to um, like managing Facebook groups around it, um, and it was a year where um, where Nick Timworth um, lost his life, and um, his wife Nia Cooper had um, had spent the previous months um, fundraising for the Brain Tumor Charity, doing the the Grand Slam in Hong Kong, which was. Um, not only was um, was Nick uh, really badly suffering at the time when she was uh, when she was running these races, but they had also been cancelled, so they were having to be done uh, as like unofficial races. But um, um, and it was very sad, Nick passing away in the in the middle of the challenge. But Nia carried on to to complete the Grand Slam, doing the uh, the the Trans Lantau. Um, and raising over a hundred thousand Hong Kong dollars for for the brain tumor charity, um, and really, I suppose, just bringing the community together in uh, in Nick's memory, and um, and so yeah, to to accept our award and to to share a bit about the the challenge and the brain tumor charity. Here is uh, Nia Cooper as our fundraiser of the year. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Nia Cooper, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast, and uh, and yeah, congratulations on um, on getting fundraiser of the year. Um, we uh, yeah, there was quite hotly contested, but we thought that the effort and the amount that you raised um, for the the brain tumor charity and the challenge that you took on was just well worthy of of the recognition. So yeah, congratulations! Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, firstly, like love you to sort of explain the concept of um, of the challenge that you took on and the Grand Slam in Hong Kong. It's a, it's an iconic. Um, quadruplet of, of of the 100k races in hong kong so yeah tell us sort of like how you came up with the how you decided to take on the challenge 
Sure. Um, well, just wanted to say thank you, Scott, for um, wanting to interview me. It's a real honor to be here. Um, the, the Grand Slam has been going on for quite a number of years. I couldn't tell you how long. And I'd always heard a lot of people who had done it and how it was a really real test of character and, and strength because, you know, you have to complete uh, one race pretty much every month. Um, which I know is nothing for the four trails people, but for mere mortals like myself, having to train so hard for something like this was, um, I found, I wanted to do a big challenge. And this was, I, I don't know if you know, obviously you know that my, my partner Nick was was very sick at the time and um, and he couldn't race. And I know, you know, he, he really missed running so much. And this was really something that I wanted to to do in his honor. And I wanted him to be able to live through the experiences with me. And so, you know, we'd call, I'd call him during checkpoints when I was feeling really low. And, you know, he was always there giving support, um, sadly not on the last one. But I wanted to do this for him. And so I ran, so the, the four races were the Oxfam Trailwalker, which was cancelled. <laughs> the yeah. North Face, that's run by Keith Noyes, which is one of my favorite races in Hong Kong. Um, and that was in December. So Oxfam was November, then December, we had the North Face. January was Hong Kong 100. And then at the end of February was the, uh, I think beginning of March, um, that was the Trans Lantau, which is another one, another one which I've attempted three times and finally managed to do it on my third attempt. Although I put that down to the fact that I had the entire community run with me on that one. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the the, the Oxfam Trailwalker, the first one, obviously we we actually covered um covered the the because uh, it was the unofficial one um where you had John Ellis and um uh John Ellis's team with Veronica who like just did an, an unbelievable time there. But Obviously, there was the protest going on in Hong Kong, so that got that got cancelled. But you still went out and um, and ran the um, ran the Oxfam Trail Walker. What what sort of time did you do? And did you have like a support crew? Because normally it's like a team of four fully supported. So did you do it as a full team of four and um, uh, and yep. race it as it's supposed to be? Yeah, so I run, I, I, I run, uh, I'm part of the green team, uh, Team Green, sorry, not the green team, Team Green, which has been around which, for... Yeah. Which Nick was uh, like a, a part of for many years as well, right? He ran with Team Green for for quite a few years. He did, he did, and he loved it. And it's such a community of people. And the team of girls, um, it was Emily who was who was um, in there last year with, with Zane, Katya and Sharon and Emily couldn't do it because she was injured so I took on her place and it and I was excited to go into it um and the protests didn't necessarily put me off um or either of us off we had still our incredible team head by Hannes and they they said you know we'll just do it you know we'll just run it as is and of course on the day there were so many, I don't know if you were there, but there were so many teams anyway. It was, and we all started, we had someone unofficially count us down. And so you still had the buzz. Uh, yeah. And of course, all the water had been left on the trails because they'd gone to set it up. So it made it, the only thing that was missing was obviously the queuing to get your time, your chips and everything, you know, to get it, um, your time. But um, it didn't matter. And, you know, we had another girls team from Giant Dynamics gone running. And so it was very much like friendly competition and it was a lot of, really a lot of fun. The, I suppose our time, we really were hoping for um, a, a strong finish. Uh, the thing was for me, I, with everything that had been going on with Nick, I really felt uh, that that race 
opened up in me a lot of emotion um, that I had been storing for a number of years. And I it was the first know. race that really got Nick into trail running as well, isn't it? I remember he used to talk about it a lot. Like I remember seeing pictures of him with like really dodgy like knee braces on like the end from was his very first time he ever got into trail running. Um, so I can imagine it held like a really sort of um, a lot of importance for you almost felt like you were obviously running it for Nick, but it just uh, I can imagine it just added so much more focus on it for you. Yes, it, it really did. And I had been keeping it together for my family, uh, my little girl for Nick. And, you know, being on this pretty iconic race with a bunch of women who I adore, uh, with, a, with a crew, with, knowing that Nick is there following us, uh, wondering how we're doing. And I, I, I really struggled, actually. So from 20 kilometers in to the end, I can't say that it was one of my best races by any, by any means. I found it incredibly tough. And so many times I wanted to quit and... I think that's the power of of the team, isn't it? When you run Trailwalker, it's your team that really carries you. And I, I've always been quite individual, you know, soloist. You know, this is I could do this, but this is the first time I let myself be embraced by my team in that sense. And they were the ones that carried me over. And it was a and the the Grand Slam, I would imagine, is a journey for anybody, especially because of how much you have to put in. But given everything I was going through at the time, I think it really took me on, it took me somewhere else. And I felt at the end of the the, the experiences that I, I, I felt even stronger, but mentally, you know, uh, yeah. and I felt that power of community, which I, you know, is, is the most incredible thing. Yeah. And, and obviously so you had the North Face come up and the North Face went ahead as per as per usual in December. Um, yeah. And obviously that's a solo one as well. Um, yeah. And then and then the Hong Kong one, the iconic Hong Kong 100 um, race um, also managed to sort of thread the needle between the uh, protest and pandemic to, to go ahead. And that's such a fantastic race. Um, and both of those went went well for you. Oh, <laughs> define well. I mean, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> you know you keep asking me about the t- like you asked me about the time before I mean they then they were not fast times but everyone kept saying but yeah not everybody runs 100k every month like this you know you just got to give yourself a break but I'm always one to push and you know I want to do I, I have high standards expectations for myself and I wanted to really show Nick that we can, I can do this you know and, and I they were they were tough um and it wasn't that I was under trained but I just had an immense amount of stress in general that I don't think many people have and so I you know I was I, fe- I fell asleep on on that on the north face <laughs> on the hill on the steps of cloudy hill just because I was so exhausted mentally not not physically just again all mental yeah um it's fine and then on the on the the Hong Kong 100 I had I had sadly gastric issues which did not go away for like 50 kilometers but it was fine you know I finished and then yeah, it was Translanta was the one that kind of really allowed me to to be free. And I think again, with, well, without. I, I mean, this is it, and it kind of bookends it. So the first one was an unofficial, and then by the time Translanta came on, the pandemic had kind of like uh, uh, had sort of set set in. I was actually up in Hong Kong at the time um, running uh, um, running like the end of the four trails from the like the rest of the losers the people that didn't manage to um, to achieve it with like Will Hayward and, and a few others and so we were running around Lantau at the same time that you were running the Trans Lantau but obviously on uh, there were slight crossovers 
and um, and actually it absolutely saved us at a couple of points. I remember coming down um, uh, when you get to the road which goes up to the Big Buddha uh, and there's a crossover, the Translantel one, and we'd completely run out of water and it was this most stinking hot day. And um, and then the the people that were out sort of supporting you and supporting the Translantel and official had left a load of water um, there and it kind of basically saved us. But we got to the end and you guys had all um, had a um, and I remember seeing John Ellis in this, uh, at the end and he looked absolutely done in. And this is like a guy that can I, I mean, he knows how to push himself. But And you we saw you at the end and you look like fresh as a daisy. You look like you'd not even been out running. And bearing in mind, this is like going from the North, um, the Hong Kong 100. And, and obviously, sadly, Nick had passed away in that time. And um, but you'd you'd managed to sort of run the Translantau and just uh, like an absolute machine and just uh, and. Uh, I, it seems like it would be one of the best runs of of your life because the amount how you managed to run it and you ruined John Ellis and you were you were like fresh as a daisy. <laughs> it was just amazing. I know. I disclaimer here. John Johnny had been on a like he'd been traveling and he arrived sort of either the, that night before or the couple of days before. And he kept saying to me, no, no, this isn't what it is. But, you know, I think he was already at a disadvantage because he hadn't slept. Um, but yeah, you're right. That that race was phenomenal. And what I've always wanted to feel in a race, I felt on that one. I felt I felt mentally. But, I, you know, I, like I said, to you, I went through a process, right? My my me a mental process, given what I'd been going through with Nick uh, and our family. And then coming to Translantau, it was almost a release uh, and, and a coming together as well of like, I can do this, you know? And it was the same girls that were with me from the beginning, coming with me at the end with an even larger group. And um, yeah, and Nick passed away that Tuesday uh, and I was running it on the Friday night. So it was really not long, but you know, and I know I, people maybe not believe this, but he was there. Like I, I, For sure. I, I remember. This is going to sound a bit silly, but like I, I remember, we, we, like sleeping, just having a little sleep before Translanta was about to begin, and I just, as when it was time to wake up, I just kind of saw his face, and I was like, "Yeah, time to get up. Let's go and do it." And then I'm running on, you know, through the night. And then in the morning at some of these areas that I know Nick would have loved. And, and then when, and, and especially towards the end, um, when you come off sunset and you run down to Pak Mong, and I know that was one of his favorite. I was like, he's here, I can really sense it. And it, I think that was really what buoyed me because I, I, this was for him. The money that I was raising was to try and stop trying to help people in similar positions help them find some kind of cure or something that might improve uh, someone's quality of life or someone's longevity in this disease so it was it was an incredible an incredible experience i felt i felt but, i felt it. i mean that was just giving me sort of goosebumps hearing you talk about that because i can only like i can only imagine just how proud nick is uh, will be like a, of that achievement and just you getting that grand slam done and and, um, and yeah obviously he he loved Lantau as well and uh, um, yeah I remember in, like chatting to him about he's uh, yeah the Dogtooth Ridge is his favourite trail in the whole hop on uh, and although that the Translantau because it used to actually go the Translantau route used to do Dogs Ridge didn't it or somewhere like near there but then they changed the route or um, yeah 
I didn't, I had never, so like I said, I did it three times. And in the, the last three years, I had never done that one. I don't think it's dogs to it. There is a section when you come off Tayo that apparently is fantastic. And it takes you up and, and you arrive at Ngongping, but it's all kind of shiggy. I, I, yeah. But I, uh, but it was something I'd never done. I mean, and the AFCD yeah. will put paid to that that route. Um, but yeah, no, I can imagine how um, how proud he must be, and and the money, right? Like you raised like one hundred and sixty thousand Hong Kong Hong Kong dollars, which is just such a huge, huge yeah. amount. And and yeah, I, I think for when we think about, and, and there was some great fundraising. Like we had Myank with his HK three sixty, where they raised three hundred eighty thousand um, Hong Kong dollars for like coaches and and um, and so there's been some other great fundraising. But I think that the the challenges that that you and um, and your family and Nick went through over those, it just and just the importance that Nick has for this um, for the trail running community and we were like he's just got such a huge huge legacy. And I think that you um, was just a, a an amazing thing that you managed to do that during all of the challenges you go through you still managed to train for it when you know and like obviously nick was in was in um in the hospital for a, a great deal of that time but just how i i just think it meant for those last few months for him like those cars just seeing you achieve that during that time must have just made him so unbelievably proud and him being able to kind of because he couldn't run at the time you he, you were sort of like he was living vicariously through through your um achievements so i i just it was such an impressive feat for you and um and and yeah it was just uh it was so impressive to follow thank you thank you so much and you know i just want to say something like about you you mentioned nick being part of the community and being a very important part you know it was that community that was there for for us both throughout this whole thing you know and it was the power of that community that helped raise all that money. And I, there's there's nothing that I could have done if it weren't for the wonderful trail running community here in Hong Kong. We have the most incredible people who are so giving, you know, they just want to support. And it's it's one of the reasons why I love being here so much. And it just, it's it, to thank everyone as well for, for helping us so much during that hard, really hard, horrible time. But you're right, Nick would have been... Ah, I mean, every time I kept telling him, oh, we raised this much, and he would be, he'd be just really pleased, even though by the end he wasn't able to, to communicate as much. I mean, you could still see it in his eyes. It was, it was really lovely. Yeah, well, I mean, look, his his legacy will will live on, and I know that he's um, as part of race base with with Steve, and um, and I mean, it's challenging getting races up and running again at the moment. But um, one of the races that was his um, his baby was um, was the um, the country of origin, and uh, I'm sure, and I understand that you're going to be uh, you're going to be taking that over move, moving forward when you can eventually sort of get the uh, yeah get races yeah. up and running again yeah absolutely uh i mean like we've been in talks michael steve and i and we know that we can't really do much at the moment C country of origin is one of the again another iconic race in hong kong it's it's a real fun one everyone loves it and it was the fifth year anniversary last year a fifth the fifth official year um and we were planning something big but we'll just wait until we can you know, we can actually hold it, maybe something virtual, but, we, you know, we'll wait and see how it goes, really. Uh, nothing, nothing planned or concrete yet. 
Yeah, well, um, best of luck with uh, leading that one when uh, when you're eventually be able to get it up and running again. But um, yeah, once again, uh, like congratulations for that fundraising effort. Have you got any? Uh, have you put any for 2021? Have you got any uh, other challenges in mind? Uh, I well, I do actually. I've got well, I've got two. I've got um, one. I, I put into the virtual Hong Kong 100 just to keep me honest, because I after um, after the Grand Slam and after Nick passed away, I my my um, love for running took a bit of a hit, and yeah. it took me almost the entire year to just get back to any any love for it. And um, over the Christmas holiday with this wonderful like three and a half week break that we had from school, I just got out there, got out with friends and it's been it's been helping. And so I've got the Hong Kong 100. And also I am turning 40 this year. And so I have in my mind something, some maybe 40 challenges, I don't know, <laughs> planning something big in order to kind of mark the 40th year of my life. And that'll right. be to do it. <laughs> Excellent. So let's see how it goes. Well, and, and look, we all, we've also, we've been, um, I mean, we've um, obviously spoken with Veronica as well. And we had her, like, she's got the female athlete of the um, of the year and the endurance age of the female athlete of the year. And the work that you've been also doing with her on the Asia uh, Trail Girls as well. We look to look forward to seeing what else um, comes up in, in 2021 for them. But yeah, oh, I, yeah. As soon as we can get that running and we'll do another workshop because working with Veronica is it's so fun and it's we we both in, we have the same like, goals on it and we just want to empower more women to get out there and run it's just the most liberating thing ever and the easiest thing to do so yeah hopefully watch that space but COVID has to do a run first <laughs> yeah uh, like it hopefully it won't be too long but um awesome Nia thank you so much for for coming on and yeah good luck for 2021 really appreciate it yeah, thanks so much, Scott. Nice talking to you. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Okay, so that concludes the Endurance Asia Awards for, for 2020. Yeah, and I'm sure we've missed some some amazing uh, achievements and, and we'd love to hear from you as to what they are. Um, yeah, send your complaints on a postcard. What's your address, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, we're um, we we did reach out to some stalwarts in the in the community from um, yeah from from Brandon up in Hong Kong to um, yeah to to Jerry and to a few others to to get their input. But ultimately, like it's the ones that we've seen. Um, we've got sort of editorial rights on what we thought were were amazing. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you on any that we um, that we should keep an eye on and um, and any people that we should be featuring as well on on the podcast. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, all of those people, you know, there's so many of them could have been the outright winner of, of their own categories. And, and, and in a way, you know, this is just an opportunity to just talk about the people that have inspired us and, uh, and so many other people around them. And, and uh, it, it's just been a it, it's been such a difficult and, and strange year for so many people. And uh, it's been really inspiring to see people coming out and doing such such awesome stuff. Yeah, and so with that, once again, congratulations to um, to David Lloyd and the entire team from uh, Vietnam Mountain Marathon, Jungle Marathon, Trail Marathon. Um, congrats to um, to to Chung on the uh, the the FKT, um, and obviously with um, yeah with, with Stephen on his um, on his amazing performance in his Garage Ultra, absolute nutbag. <laughs> yeah, and 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 similarly to to Veronica, uh, female athlete of the year um to 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 nia um fundraiser of the year 
and um, to Mayank uh, for, for Male Athlete of the Year. Um, just just a, an astonishing uh, array of accomplishments, really. Yeah, and I recommend giving um, giving all those athletes a follow. We'll link to um, link to all of their their socials in the in the show notes. Um, and yeah, give them some uh, some kudos, give them some, some virtual high fives, and uh, and yeah, look out for for what I think. There's lots more to come in 2021 from uh, from these incredible athletes. So with that, um, wish everyone an amazing 2021. Thanks for listening, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.